This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and thank you for tuning in today. Today on our telecast, we're going to be talking about a rather strange topic, but one I think that's very needed today. We want to talk about Satan's Gospel. Please stay tuned. Now today we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and may I emphasize to you that this course is free. And in order that you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. be reading today from the book of Galatians in our, the beginning of our study, and we'll be in the first chapter of Galatians, beginning at verse number 6. I marvel that you're turning away so soon from Him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But it, even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so say I again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? If I still please men, I would not be the bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. These words from the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 1 are explaining that there were those that were perverting the gospel of Christ in Paul's day. They were changing the gospel. And in so doing, they had the anathema of God pronounced upon them. It is a very serious thing for an individual to take the gospel of Christ and to change it. But the fact of the matter is, Satan has always had a tendency to change God's message. He did in the very beginning of time in the third chapter of Genesis. God told Adam and Eve in the, when they were in the Garden of Eden, that the day that they would eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, that they would die. And Satan said, you shall not surely die. Well, God knows that if you eat of that fruit, that you're going to be as wise as he is, knowing good and evil. And so Satan has always tried to change, tried to pervert, tried to counterfeit the message of God. In 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, I want you to listen to Paul in, in verse uh, 2, uh, beginning. For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. 
but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaching another Jesus, oh, think about that. Someone would come preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which we, you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not received, you may well put up with it. And so Paul is there talking about the fact that there would be those who would come preaching another Jesus, preaching another spirit, preaching another gospel. You see, Satan has a way of changing the gospel and counterfeiting the gospel. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 15, Therefore it is no, no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end it will be according to their works. You see, earlier Paul said in verse 12, he said, what, But what I do I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we're in the things of which they boast, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And then he says, It's no wonder. It's no wonder. For Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Well, what does that mean? That he has a gospel, he has a message that seems right, but it's not right. So he began his relentless attack on the Word of God in the very dawn of time. And he attacked God's authority and he attacked God's Word said, he, God said, you shall die, and I say unto you, you will not die. See, what Satan does is he pollutes the Bible. He changes the Bible. He alters the Bible. He substitutes for the Bible. He has his own version of the gospel. In reality, it's Satan's gospel. Now, the gospel of Satan is an ancient gospel. It's pretty old. It's not anything new for people to scoff at God. It's not new for people to scoff at the Bible. You know, that's being done a lot today, and some think that that's a new phenomenon. No, no, it's not. Because it's been around since people have been on this earth. People are scoffing at God and scoffing at His Word. It's an ancient gospel. And Satan's gospel is plausible. In other words, it seems to be right. It just seems to be right. You know, it was Solomon who said, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. You see, Satan can present his message in such a way that it seems to be right. And Satan's gospel uh, may, be, may be plausible, but it doesn't mean that it is right. And the closer something is to the truth, the more dangerous it is. I've heard people say, well, I heard so-and-so speaking, and, and, and I didn't necessarily agree with everything that he said, but what he said just seemed to be so close to the truth. Well, you see, that makes it more dangerous, because if it's, more, if it's so close 
and yet it's not exactly the way what God, what God has said. That makes it a very dangerous message. That's exactly what Satan did in the very beginning of time. And Satan's gospel is a lying gospel. He's the father of lies, John 8, 44, and 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. And so Satan is the father of all lies. And he knows how to twist, turn, and rest the Scriptures. But let me tell you what Satan's gospel does. When he starts changing the Bible around and, and polluting the gospel, it comforts people in their sins. You see, if I were to begin to preach a feel, what I would refer to as a feel-good message, if my intention was to always make everybody feel so good and never upset anybody, never talk about anything that was uh, wrong, never use the word sin, Oh, no, 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 no. Never refer to the place called hell. Absolutely not. You see, the result would be, I'd make everybody feel so good about themselves. But friends, you cannot feel good about yourself until you know that you're right with God. You cannot feel good about yourself until you know that you have purged sin from your soul. Suppose that I were to go to the doctor and the doctor would say, you know, Mr. Lambert, you, I, I have discovered a tumor that you have. And, and, and it appears to me from the, the examination that I've made and the biopsy that we have made that it's a malignant tumor. But I want you to know, Mr. Lambert, there's nothing for you to worry about. I think everything's going to be all right. Why don't you just go on home and forget it? You say, well, I can tell you, you may go home and forget it, but if that were to happen to me, I would have the doctor to operate immediately. And there's sometimes that there, there's a need for spiritual operation where we need to speak the truth of God so that people can realize there is a God in heaven and God's Word is true and that when we violate His Word, the Bible refers to it as sin. You see, a feel-good message may make us feel good for now, but it's not going to last for an eternity. Maybe that's what Paul had in mind in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 when he said, Preach the Word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For, for the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. But, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall be turned from the truth and shall turn unto fables. There are people that, that want the feel-good religion. They, they want people to make them feel good about their sins and whitewash it and, and as it were, sweep it under the rug. But you see, I think Isaiah 58 and 1 needs to be read to these kind of preachers. Isaiah there said, Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. You know, Solomon said, If sentence against an evil work is not executed spe speedily, the hearts of the sons of men is set to do evil. That's in Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11. You see, we need to understand that... that that when I violate a law of God, 
there's a penalty to pay. If I were to violate the law of gravity, there's a penalty to pay. If I violate the laws of good health, there's a penalty to pay. And if I violate the moral and the spiritual laws of God Almighty, there's a penalty to pay. But Satan's gospel comforts people in their sins. And it encourages people to continue in their sins. Why Satan's gospel it tells people there, there, there's no need to, you can just have it your way, you do it your way. That, that you can have it your way at the hamburger shop and so you can have it your way in religion. That's Satan's gospel. And Satan's gospel denies God's word. It, it completely denies the will of God. And Satan's gospel also diverts the mind from thoughts of eternity. I wonder sometimes as a preacher of more than 50 years, if people really think about their eternity. You, you see, Satan wants you to forget about it. He doesn't want you to think about your eternity. Nowadays, people are thinking about having a good time. They're thinking about what they want to do, what they would like. But we, not, we need to stop and we need to think about our eternity. Satan's gospel is a dangerous gospel. Let me tell you what Satan's gospel will lead to. And if we listen to Satan's gospel, it's going to lead to thoughtlessness as to God. He'll get people's minds off of God completely. In Romans 3.18, the Bible says there's no fear of God. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Isn't it sad that there are people that have no fear of God? And there are people in our society today, there are people all over the world, as a matter of fact, that have absolutely no fear of God before their eyes. That's what listening to Satan will do to an individual. That's Satan's message. That's Satan's gospel, as it were. And Satan also, Satan's gospel leads to the, the transgression of the law of God. 1 John 3 and 4 says that sin is the transgression of law. 1 John 3 and 8 says, He that sinneth is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. And so sin is doing what God has forbidden us to do. Sin also is failing to do what God has instructed us to do. James 4, 17. Satan's gospel leads to a dislike of the presence of God. Have you ever wondered why people are trying to eliminate God from society today? Why, why they first of all, tried to get God out of the schoolroom. They tried to get God out of the courtroom. They tried to get God out of the public square. They're trying to get the name of God off of the Constitution. They'd like to get the name of God off of our money. They'd like to get the name of God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. They would like to completely eliminate the name of God from society today. Well, that's a part of Satan's gospel because that's what it leads to. It leads to a dislike of the presence of God. That's the reason Adam hid in the Garden of Eden. He listened to the devil and Adam's sin, and, then he, and, he, and he didn't want to face the music, as it were, and he couldn't stand being in the presence of God, so he thought he could hide from God. I believe Job 34, verse 22 describes that when he says, There is no darkness, no shadow of death where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. You don't hide from God like that. And one day, 
sinners will cry out and try to hide from the presence of God at the end of time. But that will not happen. Think about the end result of Satan's gospel. And the end result is that people will stand before God in abject nakedness, without the robes of righteousness. I love studying and teaching out of the book of Revelation. And sometime in the future, we're going to have a series from the book of Revelation on getting to know your Bible. If you have interest in that, let us know. But in the seventh chapter of the Revelation, in verses 13 and 14, there John wrote, What are these, and whence came they? And I said, I said Sir, thou knowest. These are they that came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You, you see, here, here were people who were living the Christian life, and they were cleansed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you stand before God at last, are you going to stand there in robes of righteousness? Not if you've listened to Satan's gospel. You're going to stand there in abject nakedness before God. What a, what a serious thought. And also, there will be separation from God if you listen to Satan's message. And, and the gospel is God's power to save us. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power to save us. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it, that is the gospel of Christ, not Satan's message, is the power of God unto salvation. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 beginning, Paul wrote, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who know not God, who know not God, and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. You see, Satan's gospel leads to a person being separated from God. Revelation 20, 15 says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Is your name written in heaven? When the roll is called up yonder, will your name be there? And Satan's gospel leads to everlasting misery. Everlasting misery. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There's a beggar named Lazarus that laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Came to pass, the beggar died, was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died also and was buried and in hell. He left up his eyes in torment and saw Abraham afar off, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy. Have mercy. But there was none. Folks, that's the end result of listening to a false gospel. That that's the end result of listening to error. That's the end result of listening and obeying Satan's 
gospel. But may I encourage you, on the other hand, to obey the gospel that Paul said he preached. He said, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel. Paul preached the gospel. In Romans 2 and verse 16, he said, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men according to my gospel. That is the gospel Paul preached. And the gospel that Paul preached was the power of God to save the world. In 1 Corinthians 1 verses 17 and 18, he said, For, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of non effect. For well, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. And so Paul preached the gospel. And there's power in the gospel to save the whole world. In the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, and by which you are saved. If you continue in the things that I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture. That He was buried and that He arose again the third day, according to the Scripture. Paul said, I preach the gospel to you, brethren. And he said, you're saved by that gospel, unless you forgot what I taught you. And he said, I talked to you about the death of Jesus Christ. I talked to you about the burial of Jesus Christ. I talked to you about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And all of that had been predicted in the Old Testament. And you're saved by the gospel. He's writing to the church in Corinth. Have you ever wondered what they did to be saved by the true gospel? The one gospel, not another gospel, but the one gospel that Paul preached. Well, there's a very simple explanation of what they did in the 18th chapter of Acts, verse 8. A rather short example of conversion. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. How simple. They heard the gospel Paul preached. They believed the gospel Paul preached. And when they believed the gospel Paul preached, they were baptized. Why were they baptized? For the remission of their sins, Acts 2 verse 38. Jesus said, he that believeth, that's what they did, they, they believed the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized, that's what the Corinthians did, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's the true gospel, friends. All kinds of messages out there you hear today. We're told to come down to the front, pray the sinner's prayer. We're told to put your hand on the television screen and repeat after me. We're told all kinds of things today. Some even say there isn't anything you can do to be saved. But those people heard the gospel. That's the power of God unto salvation. And they believed that message. And they were baptized in order to be saved. And I'd urge you to do that. That's not a, that's not a strange gospel. That's the true gospel. That's the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And I'm speaking to someone right now, a member of the Church of Christ, who at one time was faithful attending worship, but you've turned back on Jesus. You see, you've been listening to someone other than the Lord. And may I urge you with all the love I have in my heart to come back to the Lord today. We don't want to listen to Satan's gospel because the end result is disastrous. Well, I want to urge you to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When getting to know your Bible comes on the air, the announcer says that getting to know your Bible is dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Folks, that's what we're dedicated to. Dedicated to proclaiming the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we need the gospel today more than ever before. We don't, uh, I'm not interested in whether or not the, the dilemma that faces our world today has a political answer because it does not. The dilemma that faces our world today does not have a financial answer or an economic answer. That's not the answer. The answer to the moral and the spiritual decline in our world is focusing on Jesus and focusing on the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the heart of that gospel is the love of a benevolent God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And I'd urge you not to listen to other gospels other than the gospel of Christ. And I'd urge you to try the spirits. And, and you, try, you put what I teach you to the Bible test. Try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false teachers are out there in the world today. I want to thank you for listening today. We appreciate your watching the telecast. And in the closing minutes, let me urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone call for the free Bible correspondence course, or you can write for the course. But you also can take the course online if you prefer. But whatever you do, however you receive it, please take the Bible correspondence course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214.
Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.